0: Got your Bibles? We're going to take a look at Psalm 81. Even that's against popular um, thoughts of today. Uh, Psalm 81. I want to talk about strength for the journey today. Strength for the journey. Strength for the journey in your church. Strength for the journey in your life. Lord, give me strength. I think we're all feeling that a little bit these days. In a world that centers around accomplishment and success based on your doing, it seems counterproductive to a Christian, but we don't do this. We don't live this life in our own strength. And the battles that are out there, we need a strength that goes beyond who we are. And so here's the big thought for today. Here's the thing to kind of get your head around. It's this, I can't do it, Lord. I need your strength. I can't. I can't do it, Lord. The, the things are too much. Pastor Jason, as he prayed so well, he prayed about the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. Uh, some of you in your mortgage. Some of you in food on your table. Some of you in family situations that are going on. You're trying to figure out what's happening with your school, your kids with school tomorrow. You're thinking about relationships that are, are, are um, going on in your life. And you're like, Lord, Lord, I can't do this. Um, Maybe it's around finance. Maybe you got a health report this week, and, or, or somebody that you know, someone that you loved uh, got a health report this week, and you're just like, I can't, Lord, I can't. I can't do this. And uh, in my life, historically, I would pray, Lord, would you please give me strength? Give me strength. And there's lots of places in Scripture where that's appropriate. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't ask the Lord. We we shouldn't shy away from asking the Lord to give us strength. That's okay. But I want you to look down. Look down at Psalm 81, verse 1. Sing aloud to God, our strength. Sing aloud to the God who is our strength. And, and I'm learning in my life not to stop asking God to give me strength. That's, I, it's okay to do that. But I'm asking God, please be my strength. Please be my strength. And and you say, well, like, do you have support for that in Scripture? I always I, well, I, I to say to my church, I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't have support from Scripture. And so the first thing we want to take a look at today is a strength for the journey comes from recognizing the source of our strength. And so we consider God who is the source for what you're going through, of what your life has ahead of it, the difficult decision that's before you today, Lord, Lord, I need you to be my strength. As we consider that today, let's bow our heads, let's pray, and then we'll dive right in. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for the privilege to be here with these dear people today. Thank you for the one thing that brings us together. There's no other reason that we would be in this room together except for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we rejoice in what knits us together. And we ask, God, that you would go before us. You would encourage our hearts. You would give us wisdom to listen to your word today. Teach us, Father, what we need to hear and give us hearts to do it, God, for your glory. For your glory, God, we ask that you would be our strength. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Psalm 59, verse 17, I'm going to whip through some scriptures real quick today, so if you want to write down the references, but Psalm 59, verse 17 says, O my strength, I will sing praise to you, O God, or my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Isaiah 49 and verse 5 says, And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring back Jacob to him, and that Israel might be gathered, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. When when you face the circumstances that you face every day, do do you dive into those circumstances with, Lord, you are my strength. You are my strength, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the, the working of God, divinely leading and directing in our lives. God, God, you become my strength. Jeremiah 16:19, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble. To you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and say, "Our Father." Our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, worthless things in which there is no profit. Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In, in my heart, excuse me, in him, my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song, I give thanks to him. Psalm 46, verse 1, here's a verse that you all know. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Ephesians 6, 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his spirit. 2 Corinthians 12, here's the last one, 7 to 9. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from... Becoming conceited. Three times I pled with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. We have a part to do for sure in living out our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to live in godly ways. We have a a, a responsibility to, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all. We have our responsibilities, but we need to remember where the source of our hope is and where the source of our strength is. And so my challenge for you, my challenge for me these days is when I get into the tyranny of the, oh my goodness, what's going on in our world, do I go back to the foundation of who God is, the one who promises I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'm gonna walk with you through the journey in the difficult things, I'm gonna fix my eyes on Jesus Christ and I'm gonna rest in that and I'm gonna make my decisions based on, based on who God is and what he's done and what I know about him that is true. We need to recognize the source of our strength we are to love God with all of our strength. But God's strength is available for us to live lives for his glory. In Mark 12, verse 30, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But the strength that we comes, comes from the Lord. And so that's just a couple words at the beginning of the psalm. Believe me, I'm not gonna take as long on every sentence as we go through the psalm, right? You will be out in time for lunch today. And, uh, but if we need to recognize the source of our strength, how does that work its way out in our lives? What's the practical of that? How do we get to seeing God as our strength and getting the focus right on him and living lives again for his glory because of who he is and what he's accomplished? So here's the second thing, and I want to really dive into the text now. Strength of the journey comes from passionate worship. Strength from the, for the journey comes from passionate worship worship. When it gets difficult for you, do you lean in or do you lean out? When it's hard, do you trust the Lord? Um, I remember this is a number of years ago. I just preached a message. You always need to be so careful what you preach about, but I just preached a message. I can't tell you what the text is. I can't even tell you what the text is of the next message I preached. What I remember is I told our church, I said, when it's difficult, it's lean in time. It's lean-in time, and uh, in God's grace and his providence, about three days later, um, Sue's dad passed away, came to our church, was part of our church, and now I've got to do the funeral for my father-in-law, and a couple of the men in our church, the elders in our church, like, Pastor, you shouldn't preach this Sunday, and it's like, I just taught the people, when it's difficult, you lean in, when it's difficult, you lean in. And so I, I asked them, because they were the elder, I said, would you let me preach? And then soon I'll go away for a few days for some rest afterwards. And they allowed me to do that. I, as I said to you, I can't remember what this message was or what this message was. All I know is I've been talking about when it's difficult, we need to lean in. We need to be passionate worshipers of Jesus Christ. And I love how we see passionate worship in this text. Take a look at it, verses one to four. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song, the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, the full moon, on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel, a rule for the God of Jacob. Hey, church, we're all worshipers. Everybody in this room is a worshiper. We're all worshiping something. that's just the way our lives are. And some of you are disproportionately not fixed eyes on Jesus Christ and are finding yourselves worshiping things. And believe me, I can get caught up in that just like you get caught up in that. I, 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 um, can, can want and desire things that maybe aren't what the Lord would have for me. And, and, and I begin to worship those things. I can worship my spouse. I can worship my kids. I, I, uh, as I grew up in a, a family where hockey was a big deal and you know, everybody dreamed that one day make the NHL. and you know, So I would watch people in our church and their kids are playing hockey and, and they're missing church on Sunday so they could go and play hockey. And I'm like, what are you worshiping? Where's, where's your hope found in these things? Besides, their kids weren't that good in hockey. They weren't going to be their, their uh, pension plan. It wasn't going to work out for them. Was, somebody had to just give them the truth, like give up on the hockey thing because I've seen your kid. He's not that good. <laughs> right. But whatever those things are, they become idols in our lives. What are the idols that you find in your life? Maybe, maybe the idol in your life is uh, the approval of other people. And, and that's just become an idol for you. And you're not ever fixed on, oh God, please be my strength, God. I want you to be the focus of my life because you're so fixed on other people and them and how they view you or the idol of your work or the idol of your family. And family is a high, high priority, never comes before God. God is the first place. Your family is always the next place. And we allow these idols to get in the way and and we aren't passionate Worshippers, we worship money and pleasure and power we we worship and we think somehow a political system is going to fix the thing you watch the politics to the south of us and it's like if we just get the right party in place then everything's going to be okay no it's not because none of them have their eyes fixed on jesus christ and we need to be passionate followers of the one who is our strength. We want to be the passionate followers of the one who created all of that out there. We want to be the passionate followers of the one who gave his son, Jesus Christ, for us. Strength for the journey comes from passionate worship. Its focus is on God, in verse 1, to God our strength. It involves our whole being. Um, It it talks about singing and playing instruments. Um, In this case, they were loud. They're not always loud. Worship isn't always loud. Sometimes it's be still and know that I am God. But in this context, we have the whole being singing, playing instruments. We see that it's loud with shouts and tambourines and trumpets, and we see that it's corporate it's together. The, the uh, life in Jesus Christ was learned to be done, and we do it together because that's where true fellowship happens. And, and so, as the psalmist is writing, Asaph is the psalmist. He was like a worship leader. He's, he's writing songs, and, and this is one of his songs. And he puts it out here for us. And, and he starts out, and the point is, we need to be passionate about our worship. We need to be passionate about our worship. Now understand, and I think you probably already do, worship is not just what you do in this room, right? This is important, and corporate worship is part of God's design and his plan for us, but private worship is equally as important that we'd be people of God who are in the word every day and maybe uh, listening to a good um, worship music that gets you focused towards the Lord, um, our worship doesn't just start when you walk in the door and it's like, well, I got that off my list for the week. Now I can go and do worship is who we are in Jesus Christ. And, and if you want to see the strength of God worked out in your life, it starts with passionate worship. I, I I look down at verse four of this text and it says, For it is a statute for Israel, a rule for the God of Jacob. See, God is really clear. And, and as he's talking through Asaph to us, it's like, make worship a priority. Make worship a priority. You see, if you're looking at your circumstances this week, and, and, our, and I'm willing to admit, Sue and I aren't worrying about whether there's gonna be food on our table this week. Um, some of you may be, and, uh, um, and, and you, need to, if you need to ask for help. If, if you need help, you don't be prideful in this. Put the Lord where he belongs and ask for help and allow God to work through those circumstances. But this idea of passionate worship is, is God's idea. It's what he would have for us. It's what he desires. It's a statute. Statute, it's a rule. Be a passionate worshiper focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the psalmist starts in this text, the first thing he tells them, like, recognize the source. Get, get to God is your strength. But then remember, we are to be passionate worshipers. I was uh, privileged last night uh, to be given two tickets to the Leafs game against the Boston Bruins. Now, maybe most of you don't even care about that. I, I do a little bit. And... Uh, and so uh, one of the men in our church phoned and he said, are you and Sue free on Saturday night? And so you're always afraid to answer that question, right? Because you're not sure where that's going to go. And, uh, and I said, yeah, no, we are free. And he goes, well, I have two tickets for the Leafs game. And uh, if you'd like to go, we would like to give them to you. So then I'm thinking about you people. I know, I actually thought about you people in this. I'm thinking, those poor suckers aren't going to the game. No, I didn't think that. <laughs> What I thought was, I got to get home in time to get to bed so that I'll be awake to preach. And then in God's providence, I got an extra hour sleep last night. So that was just the confirmation of the Lord's will for me uh, in this whole thing. And so we went to the All of this is going somewhere. I loved it when the Toronto Maple Leafs scored a goal. Matthew scored a goal. one nothing for the Leafs. Penalty shot that never should have been given for Boston. They scored a goal. And then Matthew scores another. And I'm like an idiot. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> Passionate. <laughs> but how am I about my walk with God? Can I get as excited about my walk with God as I can get about the Toronto Maple Leafs winning a stinking hockey game? Or for you, maybe it's soccer. Or for me maybe it's basket weaving or quilting. I don't know what your thing is, but are you passionate about that? To the point where it's like, God, I don't get that excited about the Lord. And the psalmist is really laying out for us. If you want to understand the strength that comes from God, you have to choose to be a passionate worshiper. Okay, here's the next thing. The text goes on. Strength the journey comes from remembering the works of God. Look what he says in verses 5 to 7. Um, he made a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I have not known. I, re- I, relieved, I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I Tested you at the waters of Mirabah. Um, it's important to remember. It's important to remember. He gives two pictures in here. The two pictures very quickly are the picture of deliverance from Egypt and how they were, they were the slaves and it was getting worse and worse and worse and how God delivered them. And, and, and the writer here goes, don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Remember what God has done for you. Remember what God has done for you. Then he uses the illustration of the waters in the wilderness of Meribah. in Exodus chapter 17, if you want to read it this afternoon. But the people were grumbling and complaining, and, and God provided. Even in the middle of their grumbling and complaining. Isn't it amazing how God works in the middle of our grumbling and complaining? And he does. He's faithful, and he provided the water for them. The whole point I want us to get to is we need to remember the works of God We need to remember the works of God. I was glad that in your service today, you took a few moments to remember the nation we live in and those who made the ultimate sacrifice so we could have the freedoms that we have, and and that's an important thing. It's It's good to remember. See, I'm 64 years old, full confession, 64 years old, never gone through anything really difficult in my life, don't really understand the value of anything because we've always had it. We're in the top five percentile in the world. So even in our struggle, we're still in a pretty good place. But it's good to remember. It's good to remember best we can, and so we do that on Remembrance Day, and I trust that you will on the 11th. I think that's an important thing for us to do. But then more importantly than even in that, you're remembered with the Lord's table. You remember, do this in remembrance for me. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, I'm not, I'm not going to do this again with you till we do it together with him in glory. There's an awesome thought. But he says, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Don't forget God's goodness. And when you see the God of strength, the one who's the creator, the one who's the sustainer, remember God's goodness. Remember the works of God. Remember the work of God in your salvation how God brought you from darkness to light, how God brought you, some of you kicking and screaming to the kingdom. I talk to people all the time so and say when I found God, mm, no, not according to scripture. When God, God began that work in you, God did a thing. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. He made you alive in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2 says. And God did this work. Yeah, does it look to you like you were on some kind of a journey? Yeah, it does. But God was the one. The Bible teaches that there's none righteous, not even one. No one seeks after God. We're all enemies of God. No one is going. Let's go for God. Everybody's on the, let's go for our plan and our things. And and the Lord Jesus Christ uh, did a work for us, accomplished for us what we couldn't accomplish for ourselves and offers to us the gift of eternal life uh, through faith alone in Christ alone. I put my trust in Christ, that work that he began, that work that he did, and I'm a child of God. Don't ever forget that. It's so easy in our busyness and our rushing ahead to forget the work of Jesus Christ in salvation, the work of Jesus Christ in the good news of the gospel that's available by faith alone in Christ alone, you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. God did it, and he offers you this gift. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ, and you are saved, don't forget. Don't forget, every day, we should live every day, at some point of every day, hopefully before you get too far into it, out of the, oh my goodness, what God has done for me, out of the gospel, out of the gospel. Think of God's provision for you. You're going through a journey right now. Maybe it's very practical for you. And as I said, don't hesitate to ask for help. Um, Sue was in a motor vehicle accident a number of years ago, 20 a long time ago, longer than half of you have been alive. And and, and it was hard for me, way harder for her. Um, The point is hard for me to ask for help. The people were out there going, how can we help you? How can we, our kids were, my son was in grade eight at the time. My daughter would have been in grade six at the time. Uh, Sue missed Carl's grade eight graduation because she was in the hospital from a motor vehicle accident. And she's just, and I've got people in our church are like, how can we help? How can we help? How can we help? And my pride is in the way. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shepherd. I'm a, how can we help you kind of guy? I'm not, I'm not the guy who's supposed to get help. And a man in our church came up to me one day and he said, you have to stop doing that. I said, what are you talking about? He said, the church of Jesus Christ wants to be the church of Jesus Christ and you won't allow it to. It was like a kick in the head for me. And maybe where you are on the journey right now, you need to ask for help. And pride is getting in your way from doing that. And the working of God and the working of the church and the working of the Holy Spirit in people is is being held back because of of the way you're responding to things. And um, remember God's provision? Why Why do you think that God's not gonna do that now? But sometimes we need to ask and trust the Lord. We need to do our part, and we need to work faithfully and all the rest, but remember the work of God. Remember the job you have. Remember the health you have. Remember the communion table we just had. In this text, he says, remember Egypt. Remember the provision of the water. Strength for the journey comes from remembering the works of God. And so maybe this afternoon, your project is to go home, take a piece of paper, and just go, look what God has done. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. I'm becoming more and more, and and the Lord's just teaching me this more and more recently. We, We need to be people who are filled with thanksgiving. Why? Because thanksgiving forces you to look back and see what God has done and take stock of it. And in being thankful, remembering what God has done, it gives us faith and courage and boldness to move ahead. Remember the works of God. Here's the third thing. Strength for the journey comes from listening to God's voice. Strength for the journey comes from listening to God's voice. Look at, at verses 8 to 11. Um, it says, Hear, O my people, will I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me. If you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not vow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. In verse 13, oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. You want strength for the journey? You have to listen To the voice of God. And maybe God feels like he's a long way away today. Maybe you're not feeling like you have his strength for the journey. So here's the million dollar question. Who moved? Who moved? The Lord's there. He's ready to respond. He's ready to give you what you need. Will you end up with a filet mignon in your freezer? Nope, but he's promised to take care of you. If you do the right things and you do them in the right way, God will care for you. But we have to listen to the voice of God. Have you stopped listening? Have you stopped listening? Um, So we've been married for 43. We've been married for 43 years, which is amazing. That sue hasn't killed me already, right? Um, What? I'm a good hearer, I'm not a good listener. Okay, like it's all I hear the noise, but I'm not always listening. And so Sue's like two sentences into a, and she says words I hate to hear. Are you listening to me, right? If you're married, please, no elbows flying around right now, right? It's like, are you listening to me? And it's like, oh boy, and I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to go, what did she just say? What did she just say? And I got, <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, I got nothing. And so you're caught. You got to deal with it and admit it. And, and so like my way of admitting it is, would, could you just, before you say something that I really need to listen to, could you just like stop me and get my attention? Like somehow it's not my fault I'm not listening, right? I have to blame somebody else for it. And um, I don't always listen well to my wife. And after 43 years, you'd think I got it figured out. I still don't have it figured out. And, and, um, and we're continuing to work on that. And I'm thankful for a very patient wife. And, but what about listening to God? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you listening to the Lord because you're in his word and you're hearing it and you're listening to him? Are, are you listening to God because you're going through those times of be still and know that I am God? Or you're always just driving forward so fast, Lord, you're gonna to have to tell me while I'm going because I don't have time to stop and listen. Are, are you listening to God through the voice of other godly people who are speaking to you? Not just to, not looking for voices until you find somebody who agrees with you, but listening to godly voices. See, if you want strength for the battle, if you want strength for the journey, strength for the journey comes when we stop and listen to the one who is the creator of all, who is the sustainer of all. When we're coming and being still before him and as we cry out in prayer, we take time to listen to what God is saying. When we're looking for help, we go to the multitude of counselors, people who will give you godly, biblical counsel. Maybe you're not doing that. He says, listen, Listen in verses 8 to 10, he says, listen to me, and as a result, singular worship. Listen to me in verses 11 to 12. um, Submit, God says, my way, or you're on your own way. We're coming to that in just a second. And uh, look at the passion that God has for this. Oh, that my people would listen. See, God's heart for you is that you would listen. God helped me to do that better. And God helped you to do that better for his glory. Um, okay, let me give you the next one. Strength for the journey comes from considering the consequences. Look at verse 12. I, uh, in verse 12, we see these words. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. God's like, you don't wanna listen? You don't wanna listen? Let's see see how that works out for you. Hey, church, you don't want to listen? See how that works out for you. Follower of Jesus Christ, you don't want to listen? See how that works out for you. There's a text in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8. You can go there. Actually, it'd be good if you did. 1 Samuel chapter 8, and I'm not going to read all of these verses. I'm just going to pull some of them out. But this is when the people say, we want a king. We want a king. And God says, I'm your king. They go, We want a king. And they didn't consider the consequences. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, starting in verse 4, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. So they're making their argument. Then they say, Now appoint to us a king. Okay, wait a minute. God is your king. We don't want God to be our king. We want a king to judge us, here it is, like all the nations. Those are scathing words. We want a king because we want to be like everybody else. And God's like, no, no, come out from among them and be separate. We need to consider the consequences of the things we desire, the things that we want. But the the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you. They have not rejected you. Okay, look at the next sentence. But they have rejected me from being king over them. We want a king, because everybody's got a king. I want all this stuff, because everybody's got all this stuff. I want success, because everybody's got success. I want, I want, I want. And he's like, we'll give them what they want. Verse 19, but the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us. And we also may be like like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and we go before him and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them to the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. And Samuel then said to the men of Israel, go every man to his city. He's just in the text in between. You can read it this afternoon if you want. Here's the consequences. You want a king? This is going to happen. He's going to take you and bring you into the army. He's going to take taxes from you. He's going to all the things that a king is going to do. And they go, it doesn't matter. Everybody's got a king. We want a king. Everybody's got a king. The popular way is not God's way. It's true in our lives. And we need to consider the consequences of wanting what we want more than wanting what God wants. I put it this way, you want your own way? Go ahead and just see how that works out for you. Maybe that's been your story for too long and you want your own way and you're rejecting God's way and and God's saying, "If, if you want to have true joy, if you want to have true satisfaction, it comes when you consider the consequences of taking what you want over what God wants for you. And you're like, no, 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 but like, like in this world, all these things are wonderful and you got your eyes on the wrong world. You, you check your passport when you go home, it's a passport for Canada. Yeah, it is, but it's not where our citizenship is. Our citizenship is in heaven and we're looking forward to something that's far greater. And I get it, when I was 40 years old and I, I thought I could conquer the world all by myself, um, Now that I'm 64 years old, I think more in light of what's God have for us? Where are we going? What's it all really about? And looking forward to something greater. But we need to consider the consequences, and we are so this world-oriented. God help us a little bit more every day to get our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he would have for us. In verses uh, 14 and 15, it says, um, I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him, and their fate would last forever. There is a better way. Um, here's the last thing today Strength of the journey comes from finding satisfaction in God and his promises. Look at the last verse. Look at verse 16 but he would feed you with the finest of wheat wheat and with the honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. God says, I will satisfy you." you. When you get your eyes off of what the world wants, when you get your eyes off of I want this, we want a king, we want, we want, we want, and get your eyes on God says, I will satisfy you. I will satisfy. Why? Why? Because what you want and what God wants will line up and you will trust him and you will watch him work and he will work for his glory. God says, I'll take care of you. And my challenge for me and my challenge for you is stop trying to play God in your life and allow God to work in your life for his glory through all the ways he will and through his people, the church, Stop trying to be the king over every circumstance. Allow God to truly be your strength. Paul wrote in Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches. Oh my goodness. Right, According to his riches. And God will supply. Hey, let me give you a quick story and then I'm gonna close. Toronto West, one of our churches, with a strike, whatever you wanna call thats going on, with a strike, whatever you wanna call it. Uh, They were to meet in a school, that's where they meet, they meet in a school in Toronto, in Etobicoke. And uh, I was talking to their guys this week, and I go, have you guys got your eyes on the fact that the school may not be available? And, and so they were looking, sure enough, the sh- school wasn't gonna be available. And, and so they met in a banquet hall. That's where they'd met other than that. So they, they hooked up for that. And it's like, um, we've got, so we got it all set up. It's all gonna be fine. And then on like Friday afternoon, the banquet hall cancels on them. So that's this today. This not, where are we gonna have church? Our regular place is gone. Our backup place is gone. And yet they had a prayer night planned for tonight in a, I believe it's a Presbyterian, may not be a Presbyterian, that doesn't matter, church building. And, and so they're like, Lord has given us the provision." We're gonna have church church at five o'clock tonight in this building. It's not the way they would have done it. It's not the way they would have planned it. Their prayer night is gone because the whole church is gonna come together and worship. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Everything we need, God will provide. It won't always look like we want. It won't always be the way we would write the script. And yet God is working for his fame and for his glory i like to finish my messages with this. So what? So what? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Where's your strength coming from today? Where are you truly finding your hope today? And if it's not in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if it's not in the working of God, then this day, is a, it's time for a course correction. It's time to be before the Lord. It's time to uh, pray with my spouse and go, we've got to get some things in order. It's time to make some decisions. It's time. Um, and, and we will learn to trust the strength of the Lord, that God will be our strength when we are passionate worshipers when we remember who God is and what he's done for us, when we're taking time every day to listen to his voice, when we consider the decisions we're making and where they're leading us, and we trust in the promises of God's word, help us, help us, God, to live for your glory, for your fame, seeking you and you alone as our strength. God, help me do that. God help you do that as well. Let's pray together.